Okay, welcome back everybody and welcome to any newcomers. Most of the time when I teach mindfulness and meditation, I focus on breathing meditations. And I'll explain why that is. And I'll also explain something else, which is mandala meditation. And we're going to do a specific sort of mandala meditation called Trataka meditation. Meditation is how we train ourselves to experience mindfulness. Mindfulness is the undistracted awareness of the experience of the present moment. So imagine you're at a bus stop and you're waiting for a bus and you're late. One of two things will be happening. Either you'll be immersed and notice and focused on the experience of sitting at the bus stop or alternatively your mind will be racing with all sorts of potential outcomes from being late and then your head will fill with all sorts of secondary priorities and lists and so on and so forth. This isn't about whether it's good or bad to be present, uh, which is mindful, which is experiencing the present moment to the exclusion of your life situation. Irrespective of whether the rights and wrongs or goods and bads or usefulness or otherwise of it, all, all I'm selling as a mindfulness teacher is the choice. So you want to be able to choose because there are times when having another repetition of a set of thoughts or a thought pattern is not beneficial. And one of the things that results from this tape running in our heads is that it can generate chronic stress because if it's something worthy of anxiety, then because the thought pattern's continually running, we get, we get these three things. There's a kind of negative feedback loop, uh, stress and worry and anxiety, and it, and it goes round and round. And we want to be able to intervene in that. Because the most useful way to intervene is by bringing our attention back to now. And it's the sensory experience of now. An example of this, for example, might be being able to switch off from work. As well as that, you get breaks. What you want to do is to make the most of that break. It's, it's a useful thing to do, but it's even more useful if you can partition your present moment experience and separate it from the, the, the thoughts, the emotions, the physical process of, of what's happening in the day. Because that means that when you go back, you've recovered to an extent. That's the thing that we're looking for with mindfulness. We want the choice. The choice of whether the narrative that's running in our head has our focus or the choice of whether we're actually focused on the present moment. And that applies in a whole lot of different ways. For many of us, we can spend our entire day on autopilot, so you kind of get up in the morning and the body finds its way to the station and you're jostling with all of the other commuters and you go through the day and you go through the day. You get to the end of the day and you think, well, where did that go? It gets lost in a continuum of days that are like Groundhog Day experience. And... One of the problems with that is that we're making choices all the time. And the more aware we are of those choices, the better. Better for us and the better for the organization as well. This is something that will become evident over time. So that's mindfulness. It's the undistracted awareness of the experience of the present moment. And to train ourselves, largely, it's a thing called focused attention meditation. And generally... We teach it, mindfulness teachers teach the focus of the breath. 
So you're noticing the breath rising and falling. Could be in the belly, could be in the nostrils. And what you experience is a kind of pendulum experience. You're noticing the breath, your mind wanders, you notice that your mind's wandered, bring your attention back to the breath, mind wanders, notice, back to the breath, repeat, repeat, repeat. Unfortunately, what happens to most of us is unless we're taught otherwise by somebody like me, we assume that the goal of the meditation is to stay focused on the breath. We assume that it's a concentration exercise. And that each time that our mind wanders, something's gone wrong. That's not actually the case. The reason that we're focusing on neutral experiences is so that our mind wanders. Because what we want to do is repeat the experience of noticing that our mind has wandered. Each time you become aware of that, that your mind is wandering, it's a thing called the moment of recognition. And the idea of the meditation is to repeat the moment of recognition over and over again. So when you sit down and do your meditation, you find your mind wandering a lot. That's by design. Meditation has been designed to do that. In focused attention meditation, which is how we train present moment awareness and mindfulness, there's three sorts, essentially. There's breath-based meditation or body, where you're noticing uh, a sensation in the body. There's mantra meditation, where you're repeating something. could be, um, if you've ever seen monks chanting, for example, on some documentary, they're repeating these phrases over and over again. Are the Hare Krishna guys, if, if anybody's been to the West End, they see the Hare Krishna guys going around and they're chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Rama, Ra Hare Rama. And their goal is to do that, I think it's 5,000 times a day. What they're doing is they're focusing on that chant. And of course their mind will wander and they'll notice because they'll stop chanting and everybody else is, so that, that brings them up. And the, the idea is, is to have that experience, noticing your, your mind wandering, bringing your attention back. So mantra meditations are something generally people repeat in their head, but you can chant it. And then you've got mandala meditations. So if you go onto the internet, into Google image search and you look for mandala you get these circular designs and usually it's a repeated pattern that goes around the outside and there's a little dot in the middle that's there for a lot of very specific reasons and you'll discover what they are today it's the same thing with a mandala meditation what we're doing is focusing on something some visual element of our experience and then the mind will wander or thoughts will arise and we'll notice those thoughts and we'll continue focusing or, or if the meditation uh, part of it is to perform a different exercise, then we'll do something slightly different. And we get the same experience. We're focusing our attention on something, something visual in our present moment experience that's, that's neutral. It's just a pretty design usually. Mind wanders back to the mandala, mind wanders back to the mandala. There's a kind of meditation called Trataka meditation. With Trataka meditation, it's a kind of mandala meditation. But what it does is it helps us to understand our focus. And meditation is all about those two things, awareness and focus. So we can have inner focus, we're aware of our physiology. We can have an external focus, we're aware of what's happening around us. 
and we can have a single point focus. So for example, that glass is an ideal thing to focus on. And you can you can use something similar. Uh, the reason for that is it's it's varied enough that there are many points on it. There's tiny little reflections, there's points of light and so on. What you can do is just focus your visual attention on that. It doesn't have to be the glass, it can be anything. The idea is to focus directly on it to the exclusion of anything else. So what you're doing is your, your vision rests on that point. And so if you join me in this exercise, find a point, can be anywhere. Uh, if you're out and about and you want to do this, it's not unusual to use your thumbnail. So you look down, you focus an attention on the thumbnail. And what you'll find is that the mind will select some detail to focus on. You just allow that to happen. Try not to look away. And just maintain your focus on that point. And one thing that you'll notice pretty soon is that the peripheral, peripheral part of your vision becomes fuzzy. Uh, there's lots of very good reasons for that, and that's perfectly fine. That's just a, a bit of insight into how vision works. And your mind will fill up with whatever thoughts there might happen to be, or you might find that your mind becomes calmer. Okay. And so now the thing to do, provided this is comfortable for you, this idea is for it to be comfortable. It's not an, never an endurance exercise. Useful meditation is never an endurance exercise. What you do now is continue focusing on that detail, whatever it might happen to be, but don't blink. And what will happen depending on the individual, you'll notice that the eyes might begin to sting a little bit, possibly some tears. Don't worry about that. That's a natural response. And when you notice that, what you do is you close your eyes. When your eyes close of their own accord, when it becomes obvious that that's the time to close your eyes. You just allow your eyes to close comfortably and relaxed. And in, in your mind's eye, continue to focus on that point. So they're 
there are some, there'll be some visual people who will be able to imagine visually the point that you were looking at and there will be some others of you that can't but what you do is you continue with the sense of focusing on that point so we're continuing to focus on that point in our minds even with the eyes closed And then whenever it's right for you, you reopen your eyes and continue looking at that point. But now we do it in a slightly different way. Allow yourself to blink normally. We fix our eyes on the point. Instead of focusing all of our attention there, allow yourself to be aware. So the eyes are fixed on the point, but you're allowing yourself to be aware of everything that's around you. You won't see any details. It will be foggy, and there's a very good reason for that. But what you will be aware of is low fidelity images. You'll notice movement. You might notice some color. And you're allowing your awareness of everything else in while you maintain your focus there. And now the same thing, don't blink. For as long as it's comfortable for you. And then in time, you close your eyes. And when you do close your eyes, you do the same thing. Allow yourself to be aware of everything that's happening around you. So there's a sense of open awareness. You still have the spot in your mind's eye, whatever you're focusing on, but you're open to the experience that's all around you. And now focus your attention on the space between your eyes. And noticing your breath, gently relax on the out breath. And this is a an activity where we want to incrementally relax the eyes. You can keep your attention on the space between your eyes if you wish. And what you do is relax the eyes on the out breath. So you're breathing in normally, breathing out, relaxing the eyes. Something that will help is if you place your tongue gently up against the sharp part of your teeth, just so that you can feel the sharp part of the teeth of your tongue. This helps to relax the muscles 
in the face, including the eyes. Just being aware of the space between your eyes and gently relaxing them on the out breath. So on the out breath, the body moves into relaxation state. We're incrementally relaxing. And now allow yourself to be aware of your surroundings, keeping your eyes closed. Notice the sounds. There's a sense of awareness of where we are in the room, of where our bodies are. There's a sense of awareness of where the people around us are. So this is what we call open awareness. It isn't necessarily looking or listening. It's allowing all of the external experience into our awareness that we can. And now turn that inside so that you're allowing a full awareness of your senses, whatever you can feel, whatever you can taste and smell, if you're tired or alert, if you're comfortable or uncomfortable, if you're cool or warm. And then in your very good time, open your eyes and focus your attention on that spot again. And this time, allow into your awareness the sounds around you and whatever's happening inside you. So rather than focusing internally or externally, we're aware of both. And in your very own time, gently return your attention to your surroundings. Okay, so that's, that's an interesting exercise for a whole lot of reasons. Everybody's on a spectrum of response for all of the meditations. You've got everything from finding it really useful, wow, that was great, right through to, I didn't get any of that, why are we doing it? And that varies from one meditation to the other. The way to look at meditation is it's like a, and the more experienced meditators will have got more out of that. Um, the way to look at meditation, it's like a Chinese menu, right? So you go into the Chinese, Chinese menu, you've got 110 items. And the reality is, you know what you want. Uh, salt and pepper prawns, I'll have egg fried rice, I'll have chicken chop suey, they're the ones I like. At some point, you've eaten the menu. Probably can't remember, but you remember the ones that you like, and they're the ones you focus on. It's the same with meditation. I teach dozens of techniques... And one of the reasons that I teach dozens of techniques is because different people find different meditations useful in different ways at different times. So 
I try to focus on ones that are inclusive. Uh, and I, I don't tend to do visualizations for just that reason because half of people can't visualize particularly well. We'll do another couple of meditations now. These are meditations where we're working with thought. So if you get yourselves comfortable, for those of you that are new to meditation, I'll give you the instructions. And we'll begin and end these meditations with a bell, which is a traditional thing. And to meditate, it's best if you place your feet flat on the floor and your elbows by the side, because that promotes a straight back. It's most important that you're comfortable and you place your head wherever it's the most comfortable on top of the spine. And if you choose to, it's beneficial, it helps to relax. If you place your thumb and forefinger gently in contact, just the tips of the thumb and forefinger and the, the contact ideally is so gentle that you could put a cigarette paper between your fingertips and with your skull balanced comfortably on top of the spine and your tongue gently up against the sharp part of the teeth allow yourself to become aware of sitting here in the present moment and all of the sensory experience of the present moment what you can see hear smell touch taste you can close your eyes, or if not, if you prefer not to, look down past the tip of your nose with your eyes half shut, just so you don't get distracted by anything that's going on around you. And begin by allowing yourself to notice sound. We're going to listen to sound, but in a very specific way. This is also an exercise in focus. What the modern mind tends to do is focus on a specific sound in the same way that the vision, when we focus on something visually, everything else becomes out of focus. It's the same with sound. We focus on a specific sound and everything else we tune out from. That's the modern way. But this is slightly different. What we do is listen for the next sound. Wherever and whatever it might be. So listening for the next sound. It's a two-part process we become aware of a new sound for instance there's, there's the air conditioning but the tone isn't always the same it's as if there's a wave pattern to the tone tone becomes higher tone becomes deeper there's a ticking sound from time to time you hear traffic there's a sound of my voice there's movements in the room, there's sounds in the building. 
all we're doing is waiting. We're just waiting for the next sound. So even if you're, you say you live in a very quiet place and you sit and do this meditation, there is no sound, you can still do the meditation because you're waiting for the next sound. There will always be a next sound. In the same way that when you're waiting for a bus, there doesn't have to be a bus. If you're waiting for the next sound, you don't need a, a sound. And what this does is this helps us to focus on the present moment as a tiny piece of time that's moving through our consciousness. And to help you to notice that, what I'll do is I'll sound this bell. And you can notice the sound of the bell moving through time. Bell's only there to help you notice that movement. Let's do it again. Just so you, you, you find connection to the present moment, which is a tiny little sliver of time. So this time, what I'm going to do is sound the bell again, but this time what you do is you ignore the sound of the bell. So instead of focusing in, focused attention on the bell, you're aware to the sounds that are happening around you. And you're noticing then them happening as the bell moves through time. The bell is only there for you to notice the movement of time. And what you're doing is waiting for the next sound, whatever that might happen to be anywhere around you. And now you're in a, in a better place to notice the movement of time through all of the sounds that are around you. So we're beginning to notice what is in the present moment. Sense perceptions, thoughts are arising. Thought arises, thought subsides. It's replaced by another thought. Emotions, how you feel, arise, subside. Replaced by another emotion. Or maybe no emotion or the similar emotion or the same one but a different intensity. And 
and all of the sensory awareness of the experience of the present moment. What you can see, hear, smell, touch, taste, your physical state, warmth, coolness, tiredness, alertness, and the sounds arising and subsiding. This is where we live our lives in this tiny little sliver of time. And in it, there are thoughts, thoughts arising. And there's a sound of my voice. There are words. So usually the, the narrative, the inner narrative, the thoughts, they operate, they're running at a certain speed. Now generally, for most of us, our minds are quite busy. If we need a little bit of respite from that, in the same way that we're listening for the next sound, and in the same way that you can listen to the sound of my voice and listen for the next word, you can do the same with your thoughts. For most of us it's a dialogue we take charge of that dialogue, which is what happens when we're reading. If we read internally, verbally, if we're not speed reading, we're reading each word. We can take charge of that inner language and we can slow it down. So if you copy with your inner voice what I'm saying, you can listen for the next thought. And now stop copying. So notice there's only two things happening. There's awareness and there's focus. We're either focusing on a thought, an emotion, or a sense perception. Or allowing it all in at the same time. And to allow it all in at the same time, just let your mind go free. Just let it go free. Breathing in, noticing whatever it is you can smell, whatever you can taste. Noticing the sensation of sitting, 
the feeling of your feet on the floor, maybe wiggling your toes, gently, patiently, compassionately, in your very own time, return your attention to your surroundings. Okay, so there's, there's only two things, only two things, awareness and focus. These are, these are exercises, focused attention, open awareness, focused attention. And it doesn't matter how busy the mind is. You, you practice this, practice, practice, practice. Over time, the mind gets calmer and calmer. That's the benefit of meditation. It's not a competition to stay focused. We're allowing the focus to come and go, and noticing it and getting familiar with it and comfortable with it. It's more like sailing a yacht than driving a car. You know, you don't know where the weather's coming from, what it's going to be, the waves, they might be high, they might be powerful, they might go in the direction we want. We're, we're feeling our way. Everybody's mind's different. Okay, so that's it for today. Thanks for all coming along. Hope that's provided you with a little bit of respite from your busy lives. <laughs> and hopefully see you next time. <laughs>